It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver, and I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So today um, I am previewing the shooting guard position, uh, just going over minutes and what I expect from these guys, Bradley, Bill, Corey Kispert, Will Groot, Will Barton into the shooting guard position as well. Uh, Johnny Davis, I'll, I'll list him as a shooting guard as well. Um, Quentin Jackson, who is most likely going to be in the G League as well uh, at the shooting guard position. Uh, and then tomorrow, the next episode, we'll do the wings, like the threes and the fours. We already did the centers. Um, and then we'll finish up with the point guards. There's so many wings. I might have to do a two-part episode just to go over the wings and just break down expectations, um, contract situations, minute minutes break minute uh, situations or breakdowns um, and expectations, just previewing each position group, um, just seeing how strong uh, I think each position group is going into the 2022-2023 NBA season. So uh, first, I just want to talk about Chris Asperzingas, man. This guy is going off. He's been going bonkers. In the FIBA World Cup qualifiers, the, the way you can watch it is courtside 1981. Um, they played against it's a it's a website you got to pay for it. Um, they played against Great Britain yesterday. This these are the numbers that Chris has put up, and this is why he's a big reason why um, I'm starting. I'm not going to say I'm starting to become more optimistic about the Wizards this year, but I, I do think they can surprise some people. I do think um, you know the over under is like what 34, 35 and a half. This is this is a big reason why I think they can definitely be that over under and can definitely, you know, be an eighth seed or a little bit higher than that. You know, if Chris has, it's, it's going to be, I think Chris has, I'm not going to call him the X factor, but he's going to be an anchor. He's going to be a big reason why he's going to be a big reason why the wizards go far or why they stay stagnant and have a similar year like they did last year and not make the playoffs want to play in. Uh, it's just on his health. It's on his health. But Chris Haps, He's a guy that they can really rely on and really give the ball to and take the pressure off of Bradley Bill. And these games are showing that because, you know, I, I said last episode, I don't want to base too much off of FIBA basketball because we've seen guys, you know, Patty Mills, Evan Fournier, no disrespect to those guys, go crazy overseas. And then in the NBA, you know, they're solid starters, solid rotational guys. But Chris Tapps, he's doing things that he does on a normal basis when he is healthy, when he's available. Let's go over the numbers here against Great Britain. 29 minutes, 29 points, 8 for 9. From two for uh, two point field goals, one for three from the three point line. Didn't shoot many threes, which I'm fine with. I love an aggressive Chris Asperzingas. I love a Chris Asperzingas that's living in the paint, that's dominating the turnaround jumper, finishing strong, rebounding the ball, boarding. He had a putback dunk that was nasty. He looks really athletic. He looks really smooth. He looks really fluid. He looks really healthy right now. Knock on wood. Knocking on wood right now. 14 boards. That's what I love. Now, they don't have the blocks. Three he had three blocks. He had six blocks the last game. Um, I want to say it wasn't Finland. I can't remember. I want to say I think it was Sweden. We'll see. He has six blocks. This game, he had three blocks. Got to the free throw line a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Uh, I want to say he shot 10 for 12 from the three, from the free throw line. So he's getting to the free throw line. You look at the last 17 games of the year, he got to the free throw line frequently. Frequently. He's an automatic guy that can get to the basket and put pressure on the defense and get fouled. 
Now, looking at the game, too, they were down. It was a it was a back-and-forth game. It was a swinging back-and-forth game. It was a very competitive game against Great Britain. Um, they were down by two with five minutes to go. Then he made a clutch shot, tied it up, a nice turnaround jumper. Then it was 83 to 80 with about two minutes to go. He does a pump fake, gets to the basket, and just dunks it and slams it. I love it. He barely has to jump to get off the ground and dunk the ball. I mean, obviously, he's seven foot three, but that just shows the, the mismatch that Chris Esperzingas is, where he can really dominate and take over a game, where you can just really run the offense through him. And like I said, just take the pressure off of Bradley Bill, where he doesn't have to go out there and, you know, put up 40, 40, 45, 45 points. Um, Chris Tapp, see, this is the thing, too. When watching the game, the way that Latvia, they run their offense, they did have another big out there, the big that missed the uh, turnaround post-up shot, and Chris Tapps put had the put-back dunk. It looked like Chris Tapps was playing the four out there, and that other guy who was, you know, like 6'8", was playing the five. But a lot of the times it looked like they did have a line of where he was running the center, where you look at the paint, whatever system, whatever offense they were running, they cleared out the paint, though, because they don't want somebody in the dunker spot. The pick and roll where Chris Tapps had the easy layup, where he was wide open. You can watch the highlights on FIBA YouTube. This is where I saw I wasn't able to watch the full game. But just watching the highlights and just seeing the way that Lavia runs their offense so it can be successful for Chris Tapps and put him in the best situation to succeed, this is why I like him at the five. I wouldn't mind seeing him and Gaff play together, but I do like him playing at the five where, you know, Kuz would be the four, Denny at the three, Will Barner at the three, whoever. But I like him being the guy who's the only post-up big, who's the only guy who's really going to be in the paint. That's what I want for Chris Tapps. That's why I think he's the most successful, to be honest. Now, it's just situational lineups. If you're going to have KP and Gaff out there at the same time, then, you know, the matchup would be, you know, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Or if you really want to go big and dominate, I'm with that too. If Wes wants to do that. But just looking at the offense, the way it was ran, where you just space out the floor, everybody get out the way, just let Chris Evans go to work. Let him be that post-up big. Or on the screen and roll, let everybody get out the way too, where he's just screening and rolling. Gaffer wouldn't be in his way. Or um, Vernon Carey, Todd Gibson, whoever the other big is playing out there, they wouldn't really be in his, in his way like that. So I loved – what I see from Chris Tapps, he's making me more and more of a believer in this team and this roster. Um, the Wizards, West Hill Jr. and Monte Morris talking about the Wizards way. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to put it in quotation marks. I just want to see it to believe it before they start a Wizards way. But Chris Tapps, he's making me a believer, man. In the, in the last two games with the Lavia national teams, he's averaging 25 and a half points a game, 14 boards, three blocks, and 60% from the field. And I'm not going to overreact from these games because, like I said, this is stuff that he was doing in the regular season, and this is stuff that he's done. He has been an all-star. We all know the injuries, the fit with, with the Mavericks didn't work out. This could be a revenge season for Chris Hesperzingas. And once again, this is a contract year. It's a player. He has a player option at the end of the year. Uh, I didn't didn't pull up the numbers of how much it is. Last time I said it was above $30 million. It's about – I can pull it up real really quick here, just go on um, spot rack. But – um, I want to say it's about 36 million. And you know how Wizards players do when they play in contract seasons. You know, shout out to Yamahimi. Now I'm not I'm not I'm not comparing it at all, but Chris Hems right now in the 20 the this year, I'm sorry, this year is not the contract year. This year is not the contract year. Next year is the contract year. 23-24. He has a player option of 36 million dollars. So this this year, this year kind of is the contract year, to be honest, too, because going in going into the offseason. So this year he's gonna he's going to be paid. Thirty-three million eight hundred thirty-three thousand four hundred dollars. The twenty twenty-four season, he has a player op- option of thirty-six million dollars, so he can decline that. Let's say Chris Tapps has an all-star season where he's putting up twenty-five and ten and shooting thirty-six from the three-point line, averaging two blocks. Then he, I certainly see him opting out and you know getting 
maybe 40 million. And you know, Ted Leonsis and Tommy Shepard, they will reward you. They will, they will reward you for, you know, good behavior and playing well and being the face of the franchise. The front office will reward you for good play. So I think Chris Tabs knows that very well, obviously, what Bradley Bill just got paid. So um, it's a big year for Chris Tabs. He's looking good, man. He's looking good. So next episode or next next show, I'm definitely going to talk about Denny Obvious' performance. Um, they played in the World, World Cup qualifiers as well. I want to say they played against Sweden. My man, uh, Iran Soroko, keeps me updated on that. So I'm, I'm going to talk about that next episode. But let's start off with Bradley Bill. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by NHTSA Impaired Driving. We're going to get a, a quick word from them before we get to the rest of the shooting guards here. We might have to do a part two for that too. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive di- dri- you drive different. Drive high or get a drive high, get a DUI. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the shooting guards here. So Bradley Bill, he had an underwhelming season last year. Of course, you know, he's faced the franchise, got, you know, got the big, big deal. Quarter billion of uh, quarter billion dollars uh, for the contract, 35% of the salary. Uh, trade kicker, 15, uh, 15% trade kicker, no trade clause, all that good stuff. This guy got the bag. He got rewarded to the utmost. They gave him they gave him the money and more. Steph Curry, doesn't have, he doesn't have a no trade clause. Kevin Durant doesn't have a no trade clause right now. You looked at the guys that he Bradley Bills grouped in with. Kevin Garnett had a no trade clause. Kobe Bryant had a no trade clause. Tim Duncan had a no trade clause. Carmelo Anthony had a no trade clause. Right now, I'm naming Hall of Famers. So um, that's, that's the group that Bradley Bill is in with right now with as far as people who got no trade clauses. So you, you let that sink in. So um, and Steph Curry, he asked, allegedly he asked for a no trade clause and the Warriors said no. And Steph Curry's won championships for him for the Warriors. So and Bradley Bill is quoted also to say he he did an interview with hot, hot, hot living or hot living, probably mispronouncing the um, company wrong, but he did an interview where he talked about winning. You know, he, he really believes that he can win a championship in DC. And um, I do think he I do think he feels that he genuinely can do that. This is so this is the quote quote. I feel like if I win a championship here in D.C., the grind of it with everything I've been through, all the adversity, ups and downs, that would make a win that much sweeter. Make me appreciate it that much more. So, I mean, yeah, it would be a tall task here in D.C. The East the Eastern Conference is, is it's a bear this year. It's a bear. Teams got better. Teams got better. The Hawks got better. The Celtics got better, in my opinion. The Heat are the Heat. The Sixers are going to be good. The Nets, Kevin Durant's coming back. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's coming back. Um, there's probably teams that I'm forgetting. The Raptors are a solid team. Uh, Heat, Celtics, Sixers, Nets. Um, I don't have a list of the teams in my head, but all, all these teams are good teams. They're, they're just good teams right now. Right now, on paper, they have better rosters than the Washington Wizards. So 
Um, but just talk about Bradley Bill from a sense. Last year had an underwhelming year, but you know he didn't have a point guard next to him that could facilitate and get him, get him the basketball. Bradley Bill, he did some things really well. I thought he passed the ball really well. I thought this was his best season as a playmaker where he was asked to play point guard. Um, and I'll just go over the minutes that I have projected for him. You know, you look at the last couple of years, he's played, you know, 36 minutes a game this past year, 35.8 minutes a game in 2021, where he was all NBA. He was an all-star. Um, the three, and you look at the three-point percentage, it, it dipped for sure. 30% from the three-point line. We're just hoping this year that last year was an anomaly. You know, his, his, he had a, uh, he had a family member that passed away. His grandmother passed away. He was in health and sa- health and safety protocols twice. Um, he had a lot of, he had a couple unfortunate things happen this past year, but I'm not going to make any excuses. Um, he definitely was asked to be a point guard because we just didn't have a natural point last year. Uh, last year he played 16% of his minutes. He played point and then 83% of his minutes. Uh, he played a shooting guard. This was a, this was his highest percentage of playing point guard since the 2018 season where he played 41% at the point guard position. Now, Bradley bill, there's some other numbers about his shooting. I just, his homework for me or what I want to see him improve on. Is, is, is knocking down the three. He just, there was a lot of wide open threes that he did have, you know, on open threes where he was four, where a defender was four to six feet uh, from him, away from him. The closest defender was four to six feet away from him. He shot 25.5% from the three point line. When, when guys were four feet away from him, four to six feet away from him, 28 for 110, he ranked 134th out of 137 players among players who attempted at least a hundred open threes last season. So that's, that's pretty underwhelming, very underwhelming. He, he's a better shooter than that. You know, 2017 to 2021, he shot 34% on wide open threes. And then 2013 to 2017, he shot 39.8% on wide open threes. Now, the thing about that, 2013 to 2017, he had a point guard that set him up for easy threes, easy shots, easy looks, and John Wall. And these last couple of years, you know, Russell Westbrook, he had a guy that was, was that was able to do that for him. And Brad still wasn't knocking it down. Now, can he get back to at least 35% from the three? Now, it will be easier for him. I just think in a sense because – you got Chris Porzingis, who's going to attract double teams, and that will make it easier for him. Last year, he just didn't have a lot of guys that was, you know, were attracting defensive coverages. And this is an interesting um, stat as well from Basketball Index that just shows how defenses really guard Bradley Bill, how much attention that Bradley Bill attracts from defense because he's just been such a legitimate scorer, 30 points a game, two years in a row, second in, in scoring points per game. So this is from Basketball Index. The 2021-22 guards that drew the opposing defense's most impactful defenders as their matchup, minimum 1,000 minutes. Number one is Luka Doncic. Number two is Damian Lillard. Number three is Bradley Bill. After that is John Morant, Kevin Porter Jr. from the Rockets. Number six is Anthony Edwards. Number seven is Trey Young. Number eight is Cade Cunningham. Number nine is Kyrie Irving. And number 10 is Devin Booker. So this list, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, they're going to throw a lot of impactful defenders at Luka Doncic. They're going to try to stop him. They're going to throw their best wing defender at him. You look at the Suns and Mikel Bridges. They put him on, on uh, Luka Doncic. Then they put Andrew Wiggins on Luka Doncic. Dame Lillard is a bucket. So it just shows the tough matchup and the gravity of defenders that they want to throw at Bradley Bill. This is another stat from B-Ball Index as well. The 10 2021-22 players who spent the highest percentage of their time on offense guarded by wing st- stoppers. Number one in the league last year was Bradley Bill. Number two, this, this is an outlier here, is Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is a bucket getter. We know he's a wizard killer. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Terrence Ross, but it shows again, number three was Devin Booker. Number four was RJ Barrett. Number five was Kevin Durant. Number six was Luca. Number seven was DeMar DeRozan. Number eight was Chris Middleton. Number nine was Donovan Mitchell. And number 10 was Jimmy Butler. So 
and that shows you if Brad and Donovan Mitchell played together, they would get you know tough defenders on them. They would they would attract a lot of defenses defensive coverages. But at the same time, you know people trying to double or bracket Bradley Bill is kind of like pick your poison. I don't think the Donovan Mitchell trade is going to happen in DC at all. But I'm just saying if it did happen, you could look at it in a positive light like that. So it just shows how. Also, another thing that bodes well for Bradley Bill too that I found from Basketball Index is that the 2022 season top 15 offensive players in average matchup difficulty um, guarded by via matchup data. Bradley Bill was number six in that. Also, for his playmaking, the largest rise in assist points per 75 positions from last year to this year, number one was DeJounte Murray. Number two is Pat Bev. Number three is Andre Iguodala. Number four was Bradley Bill. So it showed how much his largest rise in assist points per 75 possessions. You look at the game against the Bulls where he had 17 assists, where he was the, the primary playmaker, where he was the point guard. I thought he did a good job. But the preview for him is I want to see him shoot the three ball better. I want to see him be better in the clutch. I want to see him knock down free throws in the clutch. There's a lot of times where he will miss the technical free throw sometimes. There were time, there will times there will be times where he goes one for two from the three. But Brad is a legitimate three-level scorer. We know what we're going to get from him for the most part as scoring. He's a guy that can really take over a game. He really is. And is he a number one option? It's debatable, but we need him to step up as a leader on off the court for sure, which he already is a great guy off the court, but we definitely need him to rally the troops and we need him to finish games for us and be, you know, step up in a clutch time. We need that to happen for him. Can he shoot the ball better? And will he be better with a better fit? I think in Monte Morris, well, things will be a lot easier for Bradley Bill where he doesn't have to handle the ball handling duties and think about scoring at the same time. So that's the preview for him. I do have him at 35 minutes per game this year. Really, I'm going to say about 37. I think he's going to play actually 36. I'm going to say 36. You know, you look at the last couple of years of minutes per game and the minutes distribution. I don't want to get to Corey Kispert's minutes, how much I think uh, Corey Kispert's going to get too. Um, but I have Brad, you know, getting about 34 five minutes per game 30 he averaged 36 last year i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna say 36.9 i'm gonna say about 36.9 uh 30 i'm gonna go with 36 36 36.5 36 36 and a half minutes per game so that's that's what I, that's bradley bill's homework in the preview for me i do think he's going to get another all-star season i think he's going to make an all-star team um i got him averaging you know about 25 points a game i think he's gonna have a 25-5 season i think he's gonna get a lot of assists to chris Tapps, the pick and roll the pick and pop is going to be an explosive, high-octane offense. And he said Chris Tapps is the most talented big that he's played with. I'm really intrigued to see him play with, with Chris Tapps. I am really am. I'm really intrigued to see that dynamic duo. Instead of it just being like a, a dynamic backcourt, we have a big and a, and a guard, which the Wizards haven't really done something like that in a, in, a, in a while. It's usually just been the house of guards, you know, Russ and Bill or John Wall and Bill. This year, it's it's Bill and Chris Tapps or Chris Tapps and Bill. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see that. So my my projection for him is you know 20 26 points a game 35% from the three point 35% from the three point line and i want to see him get to the free throw line a lot too he he does a really good job of that the, his numbers for that went down too five free throws attempts per game where the year before he shot seven free throws per game so i want i want to see that go up too i really do so um i'm happy to have Brad on the team him and chris Epps, i'm intrigued to see that so quickly we'll go over Corey, and then i think we'll go over will barton and um the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnny Davis in the next episode, um, in, in, in part two of the shooting guards, but I'll, I'll go over Corey Kispert. Uh, Corey Kispert had a solid year. Now, he, it started off a little rocky, but he had a, he had a solid year. He shot 35% from the three. Um, in the beginning of the year, the first half of the year, he struggled a little bit, struggled a little bit, but he was 39% from the three after the all-star game. So things that I love about Corey is his off-ball movement. He doesn't need the ball to be success- successful. He's a guy that I think can definitely benefit off of Chris Apps, once again, getting double teams and Bradley Bill getting double teams. You know, the thing is, Corey, look at his numbers too. Corey played a lot at the small four position. So I might have to group him in the wings too. You look at you look at the play by play stats on Basketball Reference. Thirty five percent of his minutes played were at shooting guard last year, and then uh, he played. He played. My computer refreshed on me for some reason. So he shot. He played sixty two percent at the small four position. Now he started a lot of games when Brad got injured, and remember KCP was playing the two guard, so Corey played the three. He ended the season shooting thirty five percent from the three, eight points a game. Two boards a game and one assist. Um, he's he's a guy that's capable of being a 50-40-90 guy. That, that's my challenge for him. I challenge Corey to be a 50-40-90 guy this year. Now, minutes distribution, he played 23.4 minutes per game. I think that can go up. It's going to be tough because, you know, yeah, Will on the team, there is a, there's a wings and, and guards. There's, there's just, there is somewhat of a log jam there. So, you know, I think Will's going to start at the three. I think Corey's going to be the second two guard to come in behind Bradley Bill. And then you got Denny or Rui at the three or at the four. I think Denny's going to play small for, I think Denny's going to come off the bench behind Will Barton. So, you know, where is Corey going to get his minutes? You know, is he going to, you know, is he going to be playing at three? Is he going to come off the bench as the three or really just come off the bench behind Bradley Bill? So it's going to be intriguing. You know, Johnny Davis, it's going to be tough for him to get minutes. It's going to be tough. You know, I think Will Barton is going to play a lot of minutes too. He's going to be obviously going to be your starter. I think Will Barton's, Gonna play about 30 minutes a game. So I think Corey is still gonna be in that he played 23.4 minutes a game. Of course, his minutes per game went up with Bradley Bill being out and then Corey becoming a starter. So his numbers certainly skyrocketed off of that. But they're gonna need Corey. They're gonna need his floor spacing. They were bottom five and three per percentage last year. They were bottom five and three pointers made last year. They need guys that can stretch the floor and knock down a three. And when Chris Apps is doubled or Bradley Bill's doubled or bracketed. Corey's got to knock it down. He's got to be ready. He's got he's got to be ready in that corner, ready in, on the wing to knock down those threes. Now, this is something that I really love about Corey. And he's not just a three point shooter. He can do other things. He is athletic. Uh, he can play above the rim. Had a couple of nice dunks last year. Very impressive dunks. Um, his interior scoring and off ball movement popped this season. His rookie year, sixty three percent on twos, including seventy five percent at the rim, the ninetieth percentile. Very good off of dribble handoffs, really good moving to the ball, really great as an off-ball cutter. Now, he did set the record for rookie three-pointers. Man, he broke Bradley Bill's record. He made at least 100 threes, had six threes against the Warriors. He's a guy that can get hot, you know, moving without the ball, getting open, coming off screens, a la Duncan Robinson, a la Kyle Korver, Doug McDermott, Reggie Bullock, guys like that, Wesley Matthews, other shooters. You look at the way they move without the ball. Clay Thompson as well. You look at the way they move out, move without the basketball. He's a he's an underrated playmaker too. He can put the ball on the floor and make plays. He really is good at that too. So I'm intrigued by Corey Kispert. I'm intrigued by can he can he make a leap? 
you know, is he more than just a catch and shoot guy? Is he more than just a shooter? You know, so and he's a guy that made, you know, somebody like a Berton's expendable last year because he was able to knock down a three. Now, defensively, he's he's you know, there's a lot to be desired there. He was you know one of the worst defenders uh, per the LeBron metric, the Raptor metric plus minus. He was one of the worst defenders last year. So that's that's my homework for him. I don't know if he's ever going to be a legitimate or a lockdown defender. But of course, it's, it's cut and dry for Corey a little bit. Just knocking down the three, moving, moving without the basketball, knocking down that three. I want to see him be a 50, 40, 90 guy, which I think he can do. The three point from the free throw line, he, he didn't get there much. But the free throws he knocked down, he shot 35 percent from the three, um, 87 percent from the free throw line. His field goal percentage as well was 45 percent. So get that field goal percentage up to 50 percent, get that three point percentage up to 40 and get that free throw line percentage up to 90, which is not too far off. He's about 3% away from the free throw percentage, uh, about 5% away or 0.5% away on the field goal percentage, and then about 5% or 0.5% away on the three-point percentage. So it's, it's definitely attainable. So we're going to we're gonna wrap up here with the shooting guards, and then we'll do part two. I do want to talk about Denny's performance on the next episode. But before we do get off, man, some just, you know, way heavy and more heart, you know, especially in D.C. sports. Um, Brian Robinson, the running back for the Commanders, was shot multiple times on H Street in D.C. It's really disturbing to me. And the way it connects to the Wizards is because Denny Obdia said he was robbed multiple times in D.C. Corey Kispert, he was robbed as well. His car was stolen. So something's got to stop, man, in the city. Something's got to give here. You know, something's got to give. We, we got to. It's ridiculous right now. It's getting out of hand and, and, and it's getting and not just not just players, you know, just human beings in general. You know, we got to stop the violence. I know I'm preaching to the choir and I, I want to keep it basketball, but you know, I just had to say something about that. I really did because it's scary. You think about what happened to Sean Taylor years ago where he was robbed in his own home. And that was, that wasn't in DC, but still it just, it just brings up scary reminders of that. It really does. So I just want to thank you guys for listening once again and making locked on wizards. Your first listen every day. I just want to thank you guys for making a uh, locked on NBA your second listen. I just want to make sure you guys check out the Locked On NBA channel and podcast. Um, and you get the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day. The Locked On NBA, Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.